no, no, no. No, no, no. We were praying, and I just, this just kept coming up. I said, okay, Lord. So we'll uh, look at this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, let's just pray, and then we'll get into the Word. You pray? Not no, you ahead. pray. No, you go okay. ahead. You go ahead. You pray. Give me time to hear from the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Lord. We're gathered thank together you, today in your name. Thank you, Father. For your praise and your, your, yes, your worship. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're gathered here you, to, to meet with you, and we're glad that you are here with us. Lord, we know that you will lead and guide us, that you will give us the very words, the very oracles of God to speak out of our mouths. And Lord, we just know that, that your Holy Spirit is there for us, and it will teach us all things. We, we gladly accept that, and we, and we give it to the service to you, Lord. This service is dedicated to you. It's for the teaching of your people, to the perfecting of the saints, and we thank you for helping us to do that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Satan, Father. we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy, and you will Thank definitely you, not interfere in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yep, I caught that. Yep. Glory to God. Well, we were going to talk about the, the prayer of praise and worship, but while we were in prayer, um, this, this one phrase just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So I think we're going to talk about the name above every name. The name above every name. Or I should say it this way. Uh, every name must bow. Let me do it that way. Let's phrase it that way. Every name must bow. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And we know the first for the first 15 verses of Deuteronomy 28. Let me get here on my tablet. It's all the good stuff. Is the good stuff. We love the good stuff. And uh, there's only 15 verses uh, that talk about the good stuff. And the reason that there's 15 verses, only 15 verses that talk about the good stuff, is because it don't it, it doesn't take a lot for us to imagine the good stuff. When you say blessed. Which means entire, which means enabled to gain or enabled to get. When you say blessed, which means to be made prosperous, um, and that it, and that that word blessed is tied back to blood. See, we spell it B L E S S E D. They used to spell it B L E S T. Mm-hmm. And when it was spelled B L S T, that word blessed was actually rooted. In the word blood. And the reason it's rooted in the word blood is because how much, you know, Jesus poured out his blood to give us everything. Uh, in fact, God is a, is a the, everything that we do in God has to do with the blood. In Genesis uh, 15, we see where the covenant is cut and, and the covenant is cut in blood. In Genesis 15, we're not going to go there to save time, but... Um, everything has to do goes back to the blood. So because we're under the blood of Christ, we get to be blessed. We get we get we're empowered by Christ to receive all of the blessings. And so in Deuteronomy 28, the first 15 verses, I mean, it just sounds good. Let's just read them. We're just going to read them, and uh, it's going to sound real good to us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse one. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. And blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket, and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. 
The Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up against thee, or rise up thy enemies that rise up against thee, to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. Glory to God. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. All you have to do for the Lord to command the blessing is be obedient to his word. You don't have to beg, plead, or borrow to be blessed. All you have to do is be obedient to the word. And God said, I will command. Now, when you look at that word command, you've got to look at it from a military standpoint because God is the commander of all the universe. And when God commands something, it happens. God commanded the light to be, the light was, and the light still will, and the light is still proceeding forward. Light has never stopped from the moment that God said, let there be light. Uh, so when God commands something, that means it comes to pass. So in order for you to be blessed, in order for you to walk in the goodness of God, all you have to do is be obedient to his word. That's all you have to do. And honestly, being obedient to his word is not hard. Why? Because you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside leading you and guiding you, provided that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I highly recommend that you do, because then it makes doing the word a whole lot easier. A whole lot easier. I had a man one time ask me, have you ever tried to live by the red letters? And I was so startled by his question that I was like, uh, 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 uh. but I will never be startled by that question again. And I said, well, for the most part, yeah, I, I work very hard to live by, you know, yeah, I do my best to live by the red letters. And he said, well, I've tried it, and it's impossible. <laughs> and I walked away from that going, now, wait a minute, I don't seem to have an impossibility there. And then I was talking to the Lord about it. How much, you know, when somebody says something to you, ask the Lord about it. Had I asked the Lord about it in that moment, but I was so shell-shocked that I didn't think to ask the Lord about it. But later I did, and I will get me another opportunity with this man. But uh, when he said that, when I asked the Lord about that, the Lord said to me, he, did, he didn't live by the red letters. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? How much you know God knows what he did and didn't do? And uh, he said, if he had lived by the red letters, he would have received me as Lord. Amen. How much you know, Jesus said in the red letters, you, a man must be born again. Yep. He, he said that. So if he tried to live by the red letters, he didn't follow all of the red it, letters. He only, also, read, he only followed some of the red letters. It also says he must die unto himself. You know, right. So uh, <laughs> that's why it was impossible. But no, once you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Ghost on the inside. Now, this is Old Testament. They didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside. Yet God, knowing what he put in, his, what he put in mankind, said, follow me. Which means without the Holy Ghost, it is possible. But it's so much easier with the Holy Amen. Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. Let's keep reading. All right, verse 9. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. Is that right? Glory to yep. God. Okay. Yep. As he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the okay, Lord. Okay, we got to back up because you paused and that sentence just popped. It said, the Lord shall establish thee, what? And holy, holy people. people. You are not trying to become holy. God has established you as his holy people. Isn't that cool? Man, sometimes those little pauses just make all the difference in the world. So the, he does the establishing. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. So all we have to do is keep his commandments Stay right and with walk him. in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. Lord and God. they shall be afraid of thee. That's why we're called Christians. <laughs> That's right. Do you, do you understand that? Check that out. He said, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. And they, the people of the world, 
shall be afraid of who? Of us. Of us. We're, we Christians are too busy running and hiding when God said, if you'll just follow me, the world will be afraid of you. Why do you think, why do you think there's this freedom from religion organization? Because they're afraid of the Christians. But the Christians, instead of standing up and saying, uh-uh, you cannot separate me from my God, we are bowing down and going, oh, okay, I understand my, my, my religion could be offensive to you. Listen, honey, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship, and you cannot separate me. The problem is, is people, we've become so accustomed to being separated. Husbands or wives separate. They'll be together 30, 40, 50 years, and then all of a sudden they wake up or all out of bed one morning and say, that's it, I'm done, let's be separated. Listen, after 50 years, I'm so much like him, he's so much like me, even if we lived in two separate houses, it'd still be like he was there. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Now, listen to me. When you live with somebody for so long, you begin to pick up their personality. You begin to become like them. When we live with God, we become like him, and you can't separate us from him. I can't, I can't check my Jesus at the door. I can't. And, and, and the whole thing is, is people have a reverential fear of God. They are afraid of God. When God shows up, uh, they will, when, when the power of God shows up, they will fall on their face. I assure you of that. Guess what? You're a representation of him. You are a representation of him. Let us not forget. Now, now we're not talking that they're afraid and like they're running and scared in terror. No, it's a reverential fear because we know somebody. Now, let me say this. I had, an, I had a cousin. As far as I know, he's not into this anymore, as far as I know. But I had a cousin that was very much so into uh, third world uh, alternative medicine and and other worldly medicines and and healing power through different religions. And and, uh, he he, uh, set up an area. He had set up this area in the loft of the house. And he said, hey, hey, I understand you love Jesus. And I said, yeah, I love Jesus before we were pastoring. And he said, hey, I want you to come to my church. And I thought, oh, this is not okay, but okay. He said, yeah, 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 come on upstairs. I want to show you my church. And he had little, little sanctuaries or little, I don't know what you would call it, little, little spots, altars, altars and shrines altars, to yeah. multiples of gods. And one of them was set up to my Jesus. Man, I was about to just, yeah, I was ready to turn. I said, I looked at my husband. I said, you better get me out of here before I tear something up. And he's like, okay, honey, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Um, listen, you can't put my Jesus in the room with other gods. My Jesus is bigger. He is the one and only Jesus. But I found something that was amazing. Now, we're talking about having this fear of the Lord. This little side trip. But my other, so that was my cousin. One of my uncles had enough sense to say this. He said, don't get on cousin so-and-so's bad side. He'll put some type of hex or curse on you. In other words, what he was saying was he, he recognized that because my cousin honored all of these different little G gods, that there was a power that operated in him and through him that gave him an ability to affect the lives of the people around him. He, what did he have? He had a reverential fear. But he had a reverential fear of the wrong gods. Right. No, 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 no. We're to have a reverential fear of the right gods. Don't, you know, and, and, and that's something that we miss. Yeah, a reverential respect because let me tell you something. All God had to say is no more breath, and that would be the end of everything. Come on. When God speaks, it happens. We need to reverence him and respect him. And we're to be an exact duplicate of him. That's why he said, if you'll follow me, people will be in fear of you. They'll have reverence for you. They will respect you. You don't have to demand respect. All you have to do is walk with God, and God will cause you to be respected. Come on. The name above all names. Right. When the name of the Lord is on your side, 
Verse 11? Yep. Okay. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in thy goods, or in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in, in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the, unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded thee this day to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to... Okay, that's as far as you want to go, I think. Yep. So these are all sound wonderful, right? These are all great names, all great things. To be the head, not the tail. Be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the field. These are all wonderful names. Well, we don't need those names to be under the feet of Jesus. No, but what, look, let's look at the second half of this chapter, and let's look at some of these names that we do want to be under the feet of God. Let's look at some of these. Let's read just a little while. All right, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice you know, of the Lord thy God. Underline that and mark that. If you don't follow God, these things can come upon you. To observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Okay, hold on. What does it mean to be cursed? It means exactly that. It means to... Um, What's that word? Exaggerate? Yeah, I don't know. That one, the E word. Yeah, e I don't know. It literally means to. Uh, it literally means a curse. That's literally what it means. Let's see what this one. See if this one will give me this definition. To feel or express great loathing for. Great loathing. How much do you know that Satan absolutely hates and loathes the children of God? He does. He absolutely, Satan hates God with everything in him, and Satan hates everything that belongs to God. If we belong to God, then that means that Satan loathes us. He hates us. So, is it God that's cursing? No. It's Satan that's cursing. He's the one that loathes us and hates us with an extreme hatred. And because we belong to God, he is going to, we belong to God either by choice through salvation or by creation. Everybody belongs to him through creation. And then you can either belong to him because you chose to receive Jesus. But no matter whether it's by creation or if it's by choice, Satan hates you. And it's going to be Satan. And so when you don't follow, the reason that God said, follow my commandments, is because if you will do what God tells you to do, it will keep you under his plan, of his hand of protection. But when you come out from underneath his hand of protection, then you're on the enemy's territory. And the enemy can, because he loathes you and hates you, he can do anything he wants to you. And these are all of the things in Satan's toolbox that he can bring against you. So what either, either way you're... Execrate means to loathe. That's what this word curse means. Gotcha. So either, either way you can be... You, you are a child of God. That's right. You're a creation of God. You can either be a lost child of God or a blessed child of God. That's right. Come on. But you're going to be one or the other. All right. So do we want to go on? Yes. Keep okay. reading. Verse 17, Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land. So let's, let's look at these. Cursed is, uh, Cursed shall thou be in, where are we at? What verse are we in? 15, 18. 16, 18. Cursed shall thou be the fruit of the body. That mean, Well, let's go back to 17. She'll be cursed in the basket. Those are your storage places. That's cursed your bank shall account. thou be in the store. That's your bank account. 
In your root cellars. In your root cellars, your storage <laughs> places. How much do you know? You don't want, listen, if you have an actual root cellar where you put your harvest, how much do you know you don't want to go down there and find it all rotted? In the middle of winter, you want to find it kept. But if you're cursed, it's going to rot before it should. How much you know? You don't want to go to your bank account and find it empty. That's a cursed bank account. Amen. You know, cursed in the cursed in the fruit of the body. You know, yeah, we automatically think that means that you don't have any children, but also it means cursed in what your body is able to produce. As far as work, as far as ability, as far as mental health and physical health. You can be cursed in the body and it have nothing to do with children. It has everything to do with the productivity of your life. How much you know? If you're battling uh, uh, chronic depression, if you're, if you're battling uh, clinical depression, you are not very productive in your body. How much you, you know? No, no, no. Come on. These things, you don't want to be cursed in these areas. All right. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 18. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land. The increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. These are your businesses. Do you want your businesses to do well? Yeah. You know, don't let, follow God so that your businesses will do well. Let's keep going. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Have you ever gone out to start the car and the car won't go? Right? You ever gone out there? Start, and there's no reason for the car not to go other than it just won't go. How much you know, in that moment, you're feeling cursed. You're feeling hated and loathed. Hated and loathed. Come on, this is the devil attacking. Come on. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's going to send upon you cursing and vexation. Well, let's find out what that is. It says, the Lord shall send upon you cursing. Really what that means is the Lord is going to withdraw his hand of protection and cursing is going to come upon you. The cursing of Satan is going to come upon you. But what is this wonderful word vexation? Vexation means confused. Uh, it's a tumult. Uh, it's a disturbance. Have you ever felt just, it's panic. Have you ever been overcome with panic? People have panic attacks. Guess what? That's a name of, a, of, a, of an item in Satan's toolbox. Vexation. Let's go a little bit more. But with, with that comes rebuke, which is correction. Right. How about rebuke? How much uh, reproof or rebuke? How much you know the devil? The devil will rebuke you and reprove you, but he'll do it to the point of condemnation instead of the point of conviction. On the other hand, this is God also. Come on. Correcting you to say, hey, get back on the right track and right? this won't be your There won't is that be you. side of it. <clears throat> but, we're in, but, but rebuke and reproof under the curse is to the point of condemnation. Come on. All right. And all that thou settest thine hand to, for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly because the, of the wickedness of thy doings. How, how much you know? Premature death is a curse. It is. It's a, it, people should not go out of here early. Let's keep going. All right. Because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Listen, so, let's not forsake the Lord. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee. What is the pestilence? It's a plague. It's a disease. It's a plague. It's a disease. That's pestilence. That's what it means. Come on. Until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither the... Wherever thou goest to possess it. How much do you know if you are sick and diseased to the point that you can't have an income, you are going to lose your possessions? In time, you will lose your possessions. If you're so diseased that you can't, make, that you can't pay your bills, you're going to lose other stuff. But I've got good news for you. These are all names, and all these names are under the power. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption. Uh... You want to know what that is? That's wasting disease. Wasting disease of the lungs. Uh, emaciation. Uh, uh, um, emaciation. That's where you just literally waste away. Have you ever seen people waste away? Yeah, we've seen this. Yeah, especially under certain drugs. That's right. Come on. This is, this is not good things. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever. Fever means fever. And with an inflammation. Hold on. Let me go back. That word fever, it actually, even though he says inflammation, it actually means inflammation 
um, disease, uh, a burning. If you get enough inflammation, you will your your skin burns, your muscles burn. Come on, keep going. I thought you were going to tell us the definition of inflammation. It's inflammation. Okay. <laughs> okay, with an inflammation and with an extreme burning. Uh, that's an extreme heat, a violent heat, a vi or a fever, an extreme fever. And with the sword. Have you ever had, listen, I know us ladies at mid-age, you, you have that thing called menopause where uh, you have hot flashes, your body just doesn't regulate temperature. If you've ever been sick and had an issue where your body temperature would not regulate, have you ever had an episode where you're sweating and freezing at the same time? How much do you know that is a curse? That is a curse. Come on. That is a curse. Come on. All right. And with the sword and with blasting. Oh, blasting. That's blistered. We've seen that. Blisters just popping up for different things. And with mildew. We know what mildew is. That's not a hard one to understand. And they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Have you ever seen, how much you know, mildew pursues. Mildew starts and it spreads and it spreads and it spreads. And you think, okay, I got it. And, before, and then you blink three times and it's back. Not quite that bad, but it does come right back. You think you got it and it comes back. Come on. 23, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. Have you ever felt like your prayers couldn't get past you to the end of your nose? That's, that's what, when that happens, what, the, the problem, Satan, won, when you go to pray and you feel like your prayers can't get past the end of the no, into your nose, the problem is not you. The problem is Satan is blockading your prayers. That's when you need to know your authority. That's when you need to push back. That's when you need to say, uh-uh, Satan, I'm pushing through this. Have you ever gone to pray and all this? You had plenty of energy and you thought, well, I'm going to sit down and pray. And then all of a sudden you can't keep your eyes open. That's brass and you're coming up against brass and iron. You're coming up against the tools of Satan. That's what you're coming up against. Now, in that situation, you're right in the palm of God's hand. But Satan will bring this stuff up against you even when you haven't done anything wrong. Keep going. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. And from heaven or from heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou, until thou be destroyed. The hmm. Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And shalt be removed unto all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto the fo all fowls of the air. And unto the beasts of the earth. And no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. And with the emrods. And with the scab. And with the itch. Whereof thou canst not be healed. Alright, so the botch is a boil. It's an inflamed spot. It's an eruption. It could be leprosy. Uh, em the emrods are hemorrhoids or tumors. Uh, you want to know how they got rid of emrods in the Old Testament? They would cast them in gold. They'd burn them off. They, they would, them, basically. They would, they would make molds of them in gold while they were still on you. This is not a pleasant way to deal with these things. The scab uh, is an itch or a scab, an irritation, an inflammation. And, and it would be so bad that um, the itch is an eruptive disease. That's not good. Uh, and it would be so bad that you couldn't get any relief. These are not good things. But thank God. Uh, he, said, he said it would be so bad you couldn't even get healed. How much? But thank God there's a name above all these names. All right. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness. And astonishment of the heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And have thou sh shalt only be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. And have, no man shall save thee. Have you ever been up a situation and you're like, I just don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. That's groping at the noonday. That's groping, that's fear, that's worry. You know, a lot of these, sometimes when we read Deuteronomy 28, 
we don't really understand what all of this means. I highly encourage you to go through and to look at these, and you're going to find out that a lot of these things are things that we deal with on a daily basis. Now, we're not going to go through all of this. I want you to jump over to um, verse 61, verse 61, because he lists, he, he lists sickness after sickness after sickness. He talks about heart failure. He talks about lung disease and respiratory disease. He talks about all kinds of uh, ailments of the eyes and the mind and all kinds of different diseases. But when you get over to verse 61, he says this. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. When Jesus went to the cross, every sickness and every disease that ever was, then that will ever be, was dealt with at the cross. He said right here, he said, he said, if I didn't list the sickness here, I mean, it would do you good to, I mean, you might get a little down and depressed, but it would do you really good to really do a breakdown study of Deuteronomy 28. Because when you do that, you're going to find out just how much the devil's playing in your life. And when you figure out where the source of your problem is, then you can deal with it. Dad Hagen talked about this. He talked about a minister that had been, had been asked to go into an area um, uh, and uh, where the typhoid Mary, the typhoid fever, was just really, really bad. And, uh, what, and, and they said, well, we need to figure out where this is coming from. And they asked, where do you get your water from? And they said, oh, up in the mountains. So this minister uh, sent these people up into the mountain to find out what, to, to, to check out the source, the, the, the source of the water. And when they got up into the mountain, into the cistern, they found that what had happened was a mama pig and her piglets had fallen into the cistern and had drowned and they were, they were in there decaying and they were uh, poisoning the entire water and that's where all of this typhoid was coming from. What did they do? They found the source of the sickness. So what did they do when they found the source of the sickness? They pulled out the pigs and they cleaned out the water and they sanitized the cistern and they got it all cleaned up to where the water, to where now the villagers were getting clean, pristine water and now they were able to get a handle on the disease. We have to get a handle on where sickness and disease comes from. Sickness and disease comes from the curse. But I've got good news. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Um, as you go, I should have said this. Look up here on the word. Look up here at 61. It says, uh, he said, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law. How much you know, in order for it to be written means it has to be named. Mm -hmm. It has to be named. I want you to keep that in mind when you go to Galatians chapter 3. I want you to see this. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Christ has what? Christ has redeemed. What does that mean? That means he purchased our freedom from the curse. Which means as long as we are under Christ, uh, under Christ's authority, everything that he paid for belongs to us. So Christ has paid, uh, paid for us to be free from the curse of the law. How could he pay for that? How did he do that? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad. He did it through the crucifixion, but the crucifixion was not, was not enough. I want you to turn over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to start, this is the prayer of Paul, and sometimes we think, well, this is just a prayer. But Paul reveals some amazing things as he prays. And this is why prayers, Paul's prayers are so effective. 
He said, I see, he said, number one, he said, cease not to give thanks of you, in verse 10. He says, I, he's basically saying, I cease not to give thanks for you, making a mentioning, uh, mentioning you in our prayers. Paul would bring all of the people of the church of, Ephesian, of Ephesians before the Lord by name. He'd call them out by name. How much do you know, Pastor Mike and I, we call you out. Oh, we're in chapter 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse, I'm sorry, I said verse 10, it's verse 16, my circle made it look like a 10, I'm sorry, Ephesians (laughs) 1, 16, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Ephesians 1, 16, he said this, he said, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. How Paul mentioned, Paul called out to the Lord. He said, Lord, I bring every person before you in the church of Ephesians, in the Ephesian church. And he probably called out all the names that he knew. Pastor Mike and I, when we pray for you, we call you out by name before the Lord. We, call, we ask the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. We ask the Lord to watch over you and guard you. We tell the Lord, Father, we charge our angels round about them to watch over, protect them, and bring them provision. We pray for you this way. You should pray for yourself and for your family this way. Let's keep reading. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly pl- in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. All right, I want you to look at this. First, he uh, he says, Lord, he said, I ask that the Lord thy God give unto you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. You need to get a revelation and a knowledge that sickness is under your feet. You need to get a revelation. You need to get knowledge, not head knowledge, but heart knowledge, that sickness has no right to you because Christ has already redeemed you from sickness. He said that the eyes of your understanding, he's not talking about these physical things on your face. He's talking about you being able to look at something with a deeper understanding, understanding what it is that Christ obtained for you. What did Christ obtain for you? That as long as you are under him, you can plead the blood of Jesus and Satan, the source of sickness and disease, must go. And not just sickness and disease. No, poverty, anything. All things that pertain to the curse. That's That's why you should study Deuteronomy 28. I'd say, that's curse, I'm not touching that. Because that way you know exactly what you're talking about. You can study that and you can say, "Uh, Satan? That don't belong in there. Nope. That don't belong in my life. I'm not under the curse. Brother James blessed me so much the other day. He said, he said, me and Sue, he said, we'll be watching something. And he'll go, he said, isn't it amazing? Well, really, let me put the, con- the conversation in context. He said, you know, isn't it amazing how you grow things that, you did, that didn't used to bother you or you didn't used to notice all of a sudden you pay attention to and you notice? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, it's kind of funny. He said, we don't watch anything bad or anything. He said, uh, he said, but, but something will pop up or something will come up, and I will either look at her, she'll look at me and say, oh, Pastor Robbie ain't going to like that. Why? Because it's standing out to him. Well, it's not Pastor Robbie won't like it. It's the Father God won't like That's it. Right. But they're learning, oh, well, if the pastor doesn't like it, then maybe go. But how, you know, and it's amazing. You'll study Deuteronomy 28, and you'll, spot, you'll start spotting the works of Satan everywhere because you'll be like, that's cursed. That's curse. That's curse. Ooh, that's curse. I drive down the road and I see skulls on people's cars and I go, pirate. Or death. <laughs> pirate. What do you mean pirate? If we lived on the oceans like they did back in the day, remember the ships, they would fly their flag to identify what kind of ship they were in? Well, the pirate ships always had what? Skull the skull and, and the crossbones. So if you think about it, all these cars running around with all these skulls and skeletons. I mean, people got skeletons. I saw a Jeep decked out the other day and lights and everything, and it had a skeleton sitting in the back of it. 
I said, pirate, death. Well, they're basically flying thief. their flag. Come on. Come on. Death. Come on. Of course, of course, the, that's a two-way street. Those that are putting the fish on the back of, or a cross on the back of their, their vehicle. That's right. Christian. You know, they're putting their, they're putting their flag on the, they're declaring who they are. That's right. And they drive down the road and they cut Be somebody nice. off. Be nice. Or they, Come or on. they get in a road rage. That's why I don't have a fish on mine. Right. Because I try well. real hard. I try, I'm being honest. I try real hard to be a sweet driver. I try real hard. But every once in a while, I don't get it exactly right and I don't want that to be my witness. No, I don't want people. Uh, but I do try real hard to be a good and, driver. And some, you know, and honestly, and honestly, sometimes, sometimes you cut people off and you don't even know it. You, you don't, don't realize, realize it. You're like, you didn't see it. Any case, listen. He said, "Come on." He said, "The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of God's calling on your life, and what is the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints." Listen, Jesus inherited all of heaven for you. We are not, I said in a minister one time that taught that we were the inheritance. We are not the inheritance. Jesus obtained the inheritance for us. Jesus obtained the inheritance for us. The, he said he wants you to know what type of inheritance you have. And here's the amazing thing. You get to operate by your inheritance now. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to operate in, in your inheritance. You get it now. He said, uh, the, uh, uh, the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding, check this out, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? We have his exceeding power in us. According to the working of whose power? His power. What is his power? His power, he goes on and he explains, what is this mighty, exceeding, great power? He said, which he wrought in Christ, God's power was made available in Christ when he raised him from the dead. God's power was not made available at the cross. What was taken at the cross was all sickness and disease was laid upon Christ. At that moment on the cross is where Jesus obtained all sickness and disease. That's where he obtained it. That's where he dealt with it. That's where he handled it. It was on the cross that he went. It's with all that sickness and disease. He, because of sickness and disease, he went to hell. You need to understand, the only way that, G, that Satan can rightfully put sickness and disease on a person is through sin. Holy Ghost gets me in trouble sometimes. Through sin. Does that mean that you have to be the one in sin to get sick? No. But, but sin is in the world, therefore sickness is in the world. But if sickness comes upon you, the first thing you should do is say, Father, is there an open door? The first thing you should do. Don't go, well, I don't have any sin, therefore I'm not the problem. You better double check yourself. Double check yourself. Father, is there any sin? Is there anything that I haven't repented for? Is there any adjustments in my life that I need to make? Father, is there anything that I need to do? The first place you need to look when sickness attacks is yourself. And if the God, if Father says, nope, you got the all clear, you're good. If God says, uh, well, remember this situation over here? Remember when you cut those people off in traffic and you had a few uh, not nice things to say? That opened the door. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. You mean something that small can open the door? Yep. If you don't repent immediately, because we're supposed to walk in love one toward another. Come on. Come on, walk in the light that you know. He said, which wrought in Christ when he raised him. So all, it, the Bible says that Jesus became one with our sin. Jesus became sin. When Jesus became sin, 
That's when every sickness, every disease, and every plague was laid upon his body. That sickness, that disease, that curse, those plagues that were laid upon his body allowed him to die physically and allowed for him, him being one with sin, being just covered up in sickness and disease. If somebody dies from sickness and disease, does that mean they go to hell? No. But in Jesus' case, because he became one with sin... And because he took on every sickness and every disease, he went down into hell. At that point, he had not yet conquered it. At that, at that point, that was when he was making the redeeming payment. That was the moment when he was laying in that cell, being tortured, was the moment that he was making payment for you and I. So that we could be set free. And after the third day and the third night, God said, that is enough to the Holy Ghost. He said, Holy Ghost, go get him. And when the Holy Ghost descended out of the heavenlies through the second and the first atmosphere, he left the third heaven, came through the second heaven, came through the first heaven, came through the earth into the middle of the earth, down into the pit, and he quickened Jesus' mortal body, or Jesus' spiritual body. And when he did, Jesus got up out of that cell, and he kicked Satan. Literally. And he took back the keys of the kingdom. He made the payment. And then he went and he preached to those in Shiloh. He went and preached to those in Abraham's bosom. And he set the captives free. And he came out of the grave. That's when. And then after he came out of the grave. Remember he saw Mary. And he told Mary don't touch me. Remember why? Because he had not yet been to the mercy seat. He had not played, he had not yet paid with the, he had yet not yet applied his blood to the mercy seat. It was, which was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and did what? Set him at his own right hand. It was when Jesus sat down that all of hell lost its power. When he sat at his right hand, in heavenly places. He said when he sat at his right hand. And look at what it says. When Jesus sat down. He sat far, sat down. And he was positioned far above. All principalities. Those principalities. What are those? Demons. Demonic power. He was, he, he, he was above all demonic power. All demonic principalities. Power. Might and dominion. He was the head. Jesus was made the head of everything and uh and every name that is named not only in this world but that which is to come listen they can come up with a new sickness next week and guess what that name is under jesus's feet it's under his feet cancer is under jesus's feet Glaucoma is under Jesus' feet. Macular degeneration is under his feet. Bad joints is under his feet. Arthritis is under his feet. COVID, pneumonia, Alzheimer's, dementia, you name it, it's under his feet. And because we've been given his power, authority, and dominion, it's under our feet. We have got to learn to stand up and say, "Uh uh-uh, sickness, get under my feet. Get under my feet. You are not, uh-uh. You are not coming on me. Get. You need to study on your authority. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 2. Amen. Well, let's, real quick, let's read verse 22. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Let's read this. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church. How much you know, we gathered together are the church. We gathered together. Somebody can come in with sickness and we gathered together with the church with the head present. Listen, with the head present, Jesus is only present in the churches that he calls, sets, and ordains. With Jesus the head, assembled with his body, we have the power, might, and dominion to put every sickness on the run. Every sickness on the run. This is why church online is not enough. 
Because church online doesn't get you in the house with the assembled body. There's higher, higher power in the church house than there is in your living room. Come on. He said the church, look at this, which is his body. body. Yep. He didn't say he's the head of the individual members. He said he's the head of the body and the body is the church. Come on which is the body, the fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all. Why do we need people to come into the church? Because when, the, when everybody comes into the church, when the body is completely assembled, you can, you can do everything that Jesus can do. There's no limit. Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. The only way we can operate today without measure is for the fullness of the body to assemble. The fullness of the body must assemble. Go to Philippians Chapter 2, verse 5. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Listen, what, what, what was Jesus' mind? Jesus' mind was, Satan, you have no right, you have no authority, you have no power. I have it all. Jesus overcame Satan at every turn. We should never have the mindset of, well, I'm just going to let the devil win. The devil's got me on the run. I can't find one time in the scriptures where the Bible said the devil had Jesus on the run. And when, when you find that scripture, you come show it to me. And when we confess in church, we have the mind of Christ. This should be in the That's front right. of your mind. This is what the mind of Christ is. Satan, you have no right. That's right. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. How much you know? Satan thought it was robbery. Satan was the highest of all the angels. Satan was the most beautiful. He, was, he, he, got, to, he got to dance before the Lord. He had all the honor and the privilege. And he said, it's not good enough. Oh, Lord, give me that privilege. I will dance for, for you for all of eternity. Come on. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, where he was made a, made a curse. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Listen, the name of Jesus is above every name. Whatever you're up against, Jesus' name is higher. I don't care what you're up against. I don't care if you're up against depression. I don't care if you're up against anxiety, worry, fear. I don't care if you're up against some sickness and disease and the doctor says there's no hope. I don't care if you're up against cancer, drug glaucoma, addiction. drug addiction, alcohol addiction. I don't, whatever it is that you are up against in your life, whatever you are struggling in in life, I don't care if the demons talk to you 24-7. The name of Jesus is higher. The name of Jesus is higher. Devils like to say, you'll never be free of me, and that is a lie. Because there is one name that can set them free. There is one name above all names, and that is the name Amen. of Jesus. And here's the most amazing thing. Every demon in hell knows the name of Jesus. And I've had enough demonic fear. encounters to know. I had one demon sound like a small little child, and it just, I was casting it out of a person, and it just, I mean, we just kept, come out in the name of Jesus, come out in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we know that the name is higher. And that demon just stayed, and that demon just stayed, and that demon just stayed. And, finally, and sometimes you have to talk to these demons. It's creepy and world weird. But I had to ask that demon. I said, excuse me, demon, and I called it by name. I said, do you not know the name? I said, do you, I said, you know who Jesus is, don't you? And it said, Yes. I mean, wimpy and whiny. Yeah. You know that that name is above every name, right? Yeah. You know you have to obey that name, right? Yeah. Did I tell you to come out in the name of Jesus? Yeah. Why won't you go? That stupid little, that stupid whiny demon said, Where will I go? This is my home. 
And for a split second, I had sympathy for that thing because it sounded like a small, whiny child. And then the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, come out in the name of Jesus. Go back to the pit. And it came out and it went. How much do you know? The name is above every name. How much do you know? Little children don't always like to obey mommy and daddy till mommy and daddy get serious. But man, when you know the name of Jesus and you know it has to obey and you know that there's no reason for it to stay. Man, when sickness attacks, when your body begins to talk to you, when your body begins to say, you've got this sickness, you get God to hold of it, you received it with the words of your mouth, you inherited this thing, this is the way it's going to be, you say, oh, you felt devil shut up i've been redeemed from the curse every name that's a name is above is below my jesus now you get out and you don't take no for an answer why because he's been given the name above every name now i want you to notice there's a colon right here look at this next verse i'm going back to nine okay wherefore god also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, or at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth. How much do you, notice it says, because there was a colon, go back to nine on the board for me. Notice it says he was given the name above every name, colon. Go to the next verse 10. It's okay. That, that, the na- that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. should bow. Just because you say the name of Jesus sweetly and softly doesn't mean it's going to bow. It doesn't mean it's going to bow. What makes it bow is the fact that you know that you have the authority, that you know that heaven backs you, and that you know that it must go. Let me tell you something about sickness. As long as you will back off and allow it to stay, it will stay. Just like that little foul demon. I mean, I had been telling that stupid demon for, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes to get out and to leave. And it just kept hanging around. And I know, get out, get out, get out in the name of Jesus, get out. No, I'm not getting out. I don't, don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. How much, you know, people get around here, people, people move into a house, they don't pay their rent, they don't pay their rent, they don't pay their rent. Do you evict, the, if you go down here to the sheriff's office, do they, does the eviction process happen immediately? No, it takes some time. Well, sickness sometimes takes time to be evicted. But here's what you have to know. You have to know the source. What's the source of sickness and disease? Satan. Whose name is above every name? Jesus. So, therefore, that name must bow. He said that, that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven. How much you know, it, it, when Lucifer and a third of the angels rebelled against God and the name of Jesus was spoken, they should have bowed, but they didn't. They should have, but they didn't. Guess what? They learned the penalty. Things on the earth. You know what? Sometimes the things on the earth don't listen immediately. The things under the earth, he's talking about demons, sickness, and disease. The things on the earth is sickness and disease. The things under the earth are principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. How much do you know? You've got the, the, what makes it go from should bow to does bow is contingent on you knowing your authority and you staying in the fight. How many know that, that in a disobedient child knows who's in authority. Oh, yes. You know, um, and, and hopefully every disobedient child has somebody that's in authority, but not all of them do. Come on. But the child knows, if, if it's mama, the child knows that daddy can tell, tell, tell him, him or her something all day long, and it ain't going to make a hill of beans a difference. But when mommy says it, we're going to do it. Exactly. When, when the babysitter comes in, the child knows, mommy's, mommy, you're not my mom. How many have heard that babysitting? You're not my mom. You're not you don't my have mom. any You're authority. Not my parent. I'm not listening to you. But but take that take my but now we we're given the authority of Jesus name. If mama put that babysitter in front of her in front of that child and said, "You listen to her. You listen because 
if you don't listen to her, when you get home, you've got, when I get home, you've got mama to deal with. Then she has the authority of mama's name. That's right. And then the child will listen because right. the child knows that when mama gets home, if I haven't listened to this babysitter, I'm in trouble. That's right. It's the same thing with demons. That's right. Demons know that you've been given the authority. But if you're not going to use it, if the babysitter said, you know, if the babysitter sat back and said, you know, you better be doing what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, you know, and just kind of did it sweetly and stuff, child's still going to keep on going. But if the, if the babysitter gets stern and says, you heard what your mama said, when she comes home, she's going to hear. Right. And you're going to be in trouble. Now, all of a sudden, the tears See, start to pour. It's that, it's that you're taking that authority. I've been given that authority, and I'm going to take it and use it. That's right. You have to be that way with the devil. You have to be that way with sickness. You have to be that way with poverty. You have to be that way with 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 yourself and your flesh. That's right. You have That's to right. take authority, and you have to say, it's not going to be that way. That I have the authority, and this is the way it is. Yeah. I am not... Sickness, I am not bowing down to you. I am not bowing down to you. Um, I had one gentleman, had some demons, cast the demons out of them. He had a friend uh, several cities over that had a demon. And all I can tell you is what I was told. He went to see his friend. He felt very impressed to go see his friend. Um, and, and now being set free, he said this. He said, he said, I went over, saw my friend, and said, man, you can be set free of these demons. I was set free of them. He said, and I cast these demons out of my friend. I said, well, how did you do that? He said, I just did what you did. I said, excuse me? He said, I just kept saying, in the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus, come out. Come. Now, was it effective? Did it work? Did what have you? I don't know the fullness. I know what I was told. But here's what I can tell you. He had a revelation, having been set free in the name of Jesus, that the name of Jesus worked against demons. And he, and he said, I just did what you did. I just kept saying in the name of Jesus. Now, the sons of Sceva, that didn't work out for them because they didn't have a revelation. So I highly suggest that before you go do something like that, that you study and you get a revelation of who Jesus is. Because like the sons of Sceva, the, but demon, the, name of the Jesus demons know, works. The demons know if you, have, if you are yeah. in right standing with God, yeah. and they know if you have that authority. Yeah. Now, you may not know it, and then they're going to try and intimidate you. But if you know that you know that you're in right standing, then you sh you need to you need to you need to enforce that authority. Yep. Because here's the deal with sickness and disease. Your sickness may not talk to you, brother Randy. And now, thankfully, I haven't had this situation. Um, but brother Randy, the first demon he went to cast out, he got it. He got the guy in the office and the people in the office, and he looked at the man and he said, "You fell such and such type of demon. I command you to come out in Jesus' name." And that demon took in control of that man's vocal cords and began to growl like a dog and said, "Uh, you ain't got the power. Come back when you get it." The demon said, "You don't have the power. Come back when you get it." They'll try and intimidate they you. They knew. They knew. Uh. That the only one that has the power to cast him out is the name of Jesus. And they challenged Brother Randy, do you actually know Jesus? And Brother Randy said this. He said, honestly, he said, in that moment, I thought, well, all right, boys, we're, he's right. We ain't got the power. Let's go. <laughs> but then his spirit rose up because his spirit knew it had the power. Listen, when you come up against sickness, sickness is going to rear up its head and it's going to go, you ain't got the power. In fact, that fever might get a little worse. That cough might get a little worse. The snot might get a little heavier. The headache might get a little bigger. The, the foot pain might get a little, a little harsher. Whatever. What is that? That's that sickness rearing up going, you ain't got the power. Boy, that's when you better dig into your authority. <laughs> you better dig into your authority and say, oh, no, I got the power. I got the power. Ooh, Jesus, we got the power. We have the power to overcome sickness and disease. Why? Because Jesus' name is above every name. Amen. Jesus' name. Will you bring me an envelope? Jesus' name is above every name. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the authority in the name. Man, just begin. You know, and here's a good meditation. Here's a real good meditation. Um. Real good meditation is, I have authority in Jesus' name. Every name that's named must bow to the name of Jesus. I have good authority in Jesus' name. 
Glory to God. Do you want to bless the, the, the tithes and the offerings for tonight? If you have a tithe and offering you'd like to give. Uh, oh, you need a yep, pen. Yep, I do. Glory to God. Red. It'll be fine. Glory to God. I'm going to give online tonight. All Thank right. you, Jesus. But I'll put out my thing here. Go ahead. Bless, okay. the, bless the service. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for, for the authority that lies in Jesus' name. Help us to use it the way it was intended to be used. Help us to use it boldly and to command those, those demons and, and that's, that curse to back off in the name of Jesus. Because it should not affect us. It, it, will, not. Not, it will not affect us. It may not affect us as long as we take that authority. If we don't stand in that authority, Lord... It's going to walk Thank all you. over us. But we, we have we the authority. We here. have the authority, and therefore we should use it. And we do and we use will it. use it. Lord, we thank yes. you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord. Thank you, Father. We do use our authority in Jesus' mighty name. Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. We command you to take your hands off of our increase. Take your hands off of our stuff. Everything that you have stolen that we can clearly see that you have stolen, you owe us a sevenfold return, and we take it right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, according to your word, we command the angels to go and cause prosperity to come according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you that there's a reversal coming to the kingdom of heaven. Father, we thank you that all things work out to our good. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Thank right. you, Jesus. Amen well, and remember amen. Remember the, the Christmas.